0: Welcome to the Financial Focus Radio Show with your hosts, Tyler Simonis and Josh Finelli. Join us as we discuss markets, bring transparency to issues within the financial services industry, and bring honest, thoughtful analysis every week.
1: Good morning, everybody out there in Radio Land. Thanks for joining us. My name is Tyler Simonis. That guy over there, he is Josh Finelli, and we're partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Here in the frigid Pacific Northwest, it's been a rough week to say the least. Three days this week school was canceled. So any more days they cancel any more school and uh, they're going to have to add days on the other side. So as much as my daughter is enjoying um, not having to do it, go to school. I think she'd rather go to school now than in June. I know that Josh's wife is not a big fan of the school of the, uh, when the school closes because that means it's bedlam at, at their house. So, uh, hopefully we get into a relatively normal weather pattern next week. Um, I just want to know my bachelor, like, are you just really, you're okay with you being the only mountain in America that has most of their lifts closed most of the time, uh, you know and I, I don't like all the excuses they give like every other ski resort in america has those same problems and they somehow figure it out so you need to segment
2: on hammering my bachelor it's
1: 2024 so. yeah like come on i know i know what it is for the for the parent company i know what's happening there but come on they they can't treat us like dirt here in, the, in, in Central Oregon all, forever.
2: All we're asking is for a return of the operational competence of at least five years ago. <laughs> 1995.
1: <I'll take> <laughs> well, are, do you think that Summit's going to open before March?
2: No, but the operational competence fell off a cliff post-COVID. And even returning to the opening percentage of five years ago is, I think, a reasonable aspiration.
1: Yeah. I mean, when your brand new lift is closed half the time, it's like, come on. All right. Let's talk about the week that was in the capital markets. U.S. stocks, as measured by the good old S and P 500, traded up about one and a half percent. So the risk trade was certainly back on last week. U.S. small cap stocks were fractionally higher. Uh, Internationally, in the international developed market world, those stocks traded down a half a percent. The emerging market stocks were down uh, a third of one percent. We in the fixed income world we saw bond yields or interest rates go higher uh which meant bond prices went lower the aggregate bond index which is sort of the broad market index for the bond market uh traded down 1.1% it's crazy the volatility we see in in a week in the bond market it's it's really crazy um which we historically haven't seen or for for my you know for my uh, most of my life we haven't seen but we're starting to see now uh yields across the treasury curve on 6 month uh treasury, the yield is 5.24%, a one-year treasury yield is 4.88%, a 10-year treasury is 4.15%, and a 30-year treasury yields 4.35%. So we continue to see a little bit more normalization in the yield curve. Uh, What's funny about normalization of the yield curve, meaning yield curve is supposed to uh, slope up and to the right, uh, and uh, it's it's been down into the down into the right, uh, which means short yields, short duration yields, were yielding longer than long duration yields, and that's still true. But we're the yield curve is getting a little bit more flat. So if you think about a normal interest rate environment. Uh, Short-duration bonds should yield less than long-duration bonds because there's a lot less risk with those bonds, but that hasn't happened. Um, the, the, and- que-
2: the question ultimately is, do short-term yields fall a bunch when we get the cuts that the market's expecting? And remember, interest rate cut expectations have been wrong, dead wrong for two years, or does the long end Rise a bit more, not maybe not e- eclipse previous highs,
1: but I think we get a little bit of both, right? Yeah. So I think short yields come down, I think long yields go up. So I think ten-year, four and a half, uh, one year more like three and three and three quarters something like that. So I don't think the yield curve is going to be super steep, but um, historically, remember when the yield curve is going back to normalization is historically when the actual recession ends. So most of the time, an inverted yield curve um, is a Pretends a a recession, Uh, but when the yield curve starts to normalize, that's when the recession actually happens. So it'll be interesting to see if that happens this time. Uh, In the gold market, gold traded down 1.3% at $2,031 an ounce, and oil traded up 1%, about 1%, at $73.42 a barrel. Uh, So the interesting thing so far in the short year that we've had so far, 2024, uh, the markets returned back. Uh, to buying the big mega cap tech names. I mean, it's crazy how, you know, we saw a little bit of rotation out, and now it is back to buying that magnificent seven. Anything that's AI related is being scooped up like crazy. I mean, Nvidia is off to the races again. It didn't even mention that the S and P with all time intrad- new all time intraday high. Yeah, I was about to get to that. So yeah. we're now officially now back in a bull market. Uh, the S and P 500 is now 35 percent higher. Uh, than the bear market low that we saw that started in October of 2022. So, from technical standpoint, we are officially now in a bull market uh, as measured by the S&P 500. I know a lot of you don't feel that way because it's literally been uh, essentially two years since we hit the all-time high on the market, and we're now barely above that. So for all intents and purposes, the market hasn't gone anywhere in two years and inflation uh, is up 25% over that period.
2: And another 5% or so to go for all-time highs in the NASDAQ, but uh, stay tuned. (laughs) Big cap Tech uh, eating everything alive once again.
1: Yeah, so the one place where we saw, we saw a lot of, we got a lot of economic data last week in the holiday shortened week and most of it was good. It was crazy to see how good it was. Uh, But the one place we did see continued weakness was in the housing market. We got December home sales. They were lower by 6.2% year-over-year. So December of 2023, sales were down uh, 6.2% over the 2022. Full-year 2023 home sales were 4.1 million units. Uh, that's the lowest amount of homes sold in the U.S. since 1995. Uh, December's run rate uh, is a run rate of 3.7 percent annualized. I'm not sure that we're going to get that, but um, so you know, the the same factors that are are plaguing the housing market continue. Uh, lack of inventory being the biggest one, right? If you look, I mean, around the country, there's a, just a giant lack of inventory. And then you couple that with affordability, the lack of affordability, with prices ripping higher and interest rates being higher, uh, the, the housing market will continue to struggle. And like Josh and I have said since the beginning of this rollover in the housing market, rather than a big sell off in house prices, the more likely scenario is. We just don't get real long-term house price appreciation for a decade or so um, because house prices rose so quickly uh, and interest rates, if they don't go back, it's hard to imagine that we get continued massive house price appreciation. Uh, We got the University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment Survey, which surged um, to begin the year. Consumers are confident about the direction of the U.S. economy and inflation this year. Um, the the consumer sentiment numbers for the last two months increased the most since 1991. So, you know, it's hard for me. To, the U.S. consumer is optimistic, and so when I hear things like the Fed is going to cut six times, it, it's like how what what if the you know consumer is feeling good? You look at the retail sales numbers in the month of December; they were more than double expectations. Uh, it, I just don't see how interest rate policy right now is restrictive in the U.S. economy. And then finally, uh, we are a little bit into the ways with, uh, with earnings season. Uh, Josh, how's the earnings season shaping up so far?
2: O- only 10 uh, percent, 50 companies in the S&P have reported uh, earnings growth has been about four and a half percent, actually led by utilities and communication services, uh, energy and materials and healthcare care on the downside. But beat rate, so you know, really pretty positive earnings season so far. Of course, the big heavyweights yet to come in the next week, but uh, revenue growth on the S&P is pretty muted, two and a half percent. Where earnings growth coming from? Uh, You know, as we talked about last week, it's a little bit of a reversion to pre-COVID trends, uh, where you know companies are being a little, little bit uh, reticent to spend overly on capex, but also you know, return to. Uh, small annual attrition and job cuts and everything else. But uh, what existed
1: before the pandemic appears to be coming back, at least in the corporate universe. All right. If you'd like to take one of us up on a free retirement review, we'll give you an hour of our time to talk about anything in your financial life. So if you have at least $500,000 of investable assets, call our office to get one of those appointments scheduled. The number here is Zero nine eight eight, or you can always email us by going to our website, Northwest com. When we come back, we're gonna talk about why in the heck have bonds been so volatile for the last two years and do we think it's gonna continue? So stick around.
0: Get your free one-hour retirement review. Meet with a Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management Investment Advisor today for free. It's our offer to you as a listener to the show.
3: Desert Wonderland. Andrew- You like to be outside. The Ben factory stores have what you need
4: for the central Oregon outdoor lifestyle. Make a bold statement and save
3: up to 70% every day.
4: Over 20 famous brand names like Columbia, Nike,
3: and Pendleton. And locals like learning express toys, runway fashion exchange, and cascade mattress and bedroom furniture. Shop with
4: nothing in mind and find
3: exactly what you wanted. Great buys that reflect your personality.
4: Get ready for winter with proven gear at Columbia factory store. Shop today to save up to 70% off clearance during Columbia Sportswear Semi-Annual Clearance Event. Shop fleece, base layers, winter boots, and find your favorite down jacket to stay cozy outdoors. Columbia Factory Store has what you need for up to 70% less. No coupon necessary for in-store offer. No additional discount applied. Shop Columbia Factory Stores today. Smart shoppers start at the Ben
3: Factory Stores,
4: South Highway 97.
3: Because everyone needs an outlet.
4: If it leaks, clogs, drips, or bursts, call some Plumbing first. If water doesn't flow where it's supposed to go, it can be a real bummer. Sun will get it done. Your Central Oregon plumber will treat your home like it's ours. That's our duty. We're the guys in the blue booties. If it leaks, clogs, drips, or bursts, call some Plumbing first.
3: Say thousands, be advised. This is a once in a lifetime chance to say thousands. On a hot tub and swim spa. Today through Sunday, Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center Redmond. Say thousands. Be advised. This is a once in a lifetime chance to say thousands. On a hot tub and swim spa. Today through Sunday, Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center Redmond. 18-month interest-free financing. Brand new 2024 inventory, ready for immediate delivery. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center Redmond. Huge factory incentives, factory rebates, this weekend only. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center Redmond. We can remove your old hot tub. Free delivery of your new hot tub. Come see the revolutionary new swim spa in action at exceptional prices. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center Redmond. Free delivery of your new hot tub. Just relax and enjoy. Today through Sunday. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center Redmond. Today, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Tomorrow, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Free parking, free admission, free delivery. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center Redmond. Call 833 spa or visit Hot Tub and Swim Spa In.
5: Major phone carriers make you sign contracts with rigid data plans to trap you into a kind of forced phonogamy. Sounds pretty insecure if you ask me. At Consumer Cellular, we believe in a more consensual and healthy form of phonogamy, free of contracts and more flexible to your data needs. This way, you stick around not because we force you to with contracts and fees, but because you love our phone plans. Like ardently love our phone plans, phonogamously. Consumer Cellular. When Freedom Calls, we're here to answer. Call us at one freedom
0: Connect to the Financial Focus radio show on YouTube or iTunes. Listen to past shows, get our bi-weekly e-news, and keep up to date on the market. You can also sign up for our e-newsletter on our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. Let's get back to the show.
1: Welcome back. Thanks for joining us on Financial Focus Radio. If you'd like to sign up for our e our newsletter, Josh and I do a short video uh, in the middle and end of every month where we talk about what's going on in the capital. Uh, we kind of direct it towards uh, what's happening and how that's affecting our clients' money. But you don't have to be a client to get added to the e-newsletter list. Uh, so go to our website, com, Put your info in there. And we'll add you to the list. And that is the only thing that we will send you. Uh, so before we tackle the vo- volatility in the bond market, I, I, I've read this, I think, in the past. This summer, I think I read this on the radio. And I think it's uh, since it's an election year, uh, you should take heed. It's crazy um, the amount of elections that are going on around the world this year. Uh, it, it is a really crazy thing. Half of. Half
2: of the global populations in a democracy will vote.
1: Yeah, but, and but bring, Rick, I, I probably shouldn't wade into these waters, but I'm going to because it's our show. <laughs> uh, they, you know, they had the Iowa caucuses this, this week, and they're interviewing people, and they interviewed a couple guys, and they, these two guys, um, you know, they are Trump supporters, and they said, we need to have a dictator, I think it's time America needs a dictator. if you are in that camp I urge you to go to some of these countries that have dictators and live there for a month and tell me what you think and then I'd also urge you to go to a World War II vet and explain to them why you think that we should have a dictator in the United States since we've lost thousands and thousands upon tens of thousands of lives in World War II fighting a dictator or dictators the, and so uh, I, I, I think you know if you believe that we should have a dictator in the United States First of all, you're not a Republican, right? Like, you, you believe in freedom, and that's obviously not f- f- freedom. And so, um, I, I just, the people that are saying that we need a dictator in the United States, I, I think to myself, where has my sweet country gone? Uh, and along those lines, if your opinions on one subject can be predicted from your opinions on another, you may be in the grip of an ideology. When you truly think for yourself, your conclusions will not be predictable. And so, you can be a Republican or a Democrat, but that doesn't mean you have to agree with everything that the Republican or Democratic Party espouses, right? Like, I'm not going to tell you my political affiliation, but I disagree with a lot of uh, what what, you know, what certain parties think. And I, you know, I'm a big Warren Buffett fan, but I disagree with a lot of what he says and does. And so. Um, You cannot fall in line and agree with everything because if you do, it's just an ideology and and it's not, it's dangerous and it's dangerous for this country. And so I really wish people would, Go one level further, right? That second level thinking and think for yourself. Think for yourself and think about what you're doing and how you're voting, how it affects your life. And most of you aren't voting in line with what will be good for you. And and it's more than ever in this country's history that is true. Uh, It happens here in our office all the time. People want to buy municipal bonds. And I look at them in the face and I say, why would you buy tax-free bonds? You don't really pay taxes. Uh, And so think about that When you're voting uh, uh, for president or anything else. Okay, Uh, and then, real quickly, before we talk about bonds, um, there's a chart, a really good chart uh, from Creative Planning. It's the odds of cash, so money market, uh, outperforming the S and P 500 uh, from 1928 to 2022. And so, in a one-year period, there's a 30% chance that cash could outperform the S and P. Over a five-year period, there's a 20% chance that cash could outperform the S and P. Over a 25-year period, there is a zero percent chance that cash. Could out did outperform the s p now i don't know if that's going to be true going forward, but the longer your time horizon, the more risk you are able to take if you are able to deal with the volatility when you have a long you know like when somebody asks me what 's the stock market going to do this year I say well, why don't you ask my dog because you know I, nobody knows what the stock market's going to do this year, but I can tell you where I think the stock market is going to be ten years from now with relatively high level of certainty. So, uh, that's how you think of, you know, if you, as Warren Buffett says, um, if you're not willing to hold a stock or stocks for 10 years, you shouldn't hold them for 10 minutes. And that's the way that you need to think about investing because you're growing earnings or you're buying earnings out into the future. Okay. So, uh, I mentioned in the first segment that the bond market has been uh, a lot more volatile than it has been historically. And so there, are, there have been periods uh, throughout history when we have volatility in the bond market. But the reason historically people have invested money in bonds is their, uh, their volatility, how much they move, their beta, uh, is a lot less than the overall stock market. And so um, that volatility is something that's appealing or lack of volatility. That's something that's appealing for investors. Uh, And then you go, so you go back to 1982 and you look at long bonds or or intermediate intermediate term bonds up until 2020 and they delivered good returns with low, low volatility. And so they were a great investment because interest rates, in the United States and around the world, were coming down, which meant bond prices were going up. So you got to clip the coupon from the bond plus the appreciation of the bond prices, and it was this sort of shangri-la in the bond market. Well, we had 15 years of government intervention in the markets, uh, and and now we're that is unwinding. Um, you know, the Fed is having instead of buying bonds, they're selling bonds. Uh, the Fed has to deal with interest rates, so they're rising. They're raising the Fed funds rate, and so interest rates are the number one factor. Uh, when it comes to bond prices, that's going to determine the volatility in the bond market. And so the fact that interest rates rose so much so quickly was the reason we had last year was 20 or sorry, two years ago, 2022 was the worst year for the bond market since they have been keeping records. Um, And, and, you know, one of the big, Reasons for that one year being so bad is the Fed the Fed having to tame inflation. So volatility in twenty twenty two in the bond market and twenty twenty three was caused by the inflation problem. And you know whether or not the Fed has it under control, we don't know. Uh, and and so do we think? Do Josh and I think that the volatility is going to continue? Yes, because we're probably in a situation where we have the next move over the rest of my career in the interest rate world is going to be interest rates moving well, higher.
2: And you know, as as we mentioned in the first segment, so much in the bond market right now is, you know, to what extent does do rate cuts feed back and uninvert that curve or does the long end the long bond sell off and we see sort of the you know, longer dated yields retrace where they were. You know, we were dead wrong. I guess when you revisit like what we were saying back in October and November, we were really reluctant to take any kind of duration risk. Uh, and I, I think, still don't think I was the it, wrong move. It, well, it, well, the way we look at it, right, is you know, it, when you look at what, say, the long bond has done, uh, even corporate bonds, high yield, the volatility inherent in those positions with respect to all the uncertainty around how this is going to play out. To us, tells us that that's not the risk-reducing part of our portfolio that we want to own, and you
1: know that. uh, Right. So there's still. So your point is that there's still going to be lots of volatility in their intermediate and long-term end of the bond yield curve, Uh, and so we don't think that it makes sense for us and our clients or anybody out there listening to take duration risk right now because of the volatility. And and if you're
2: owning it in an exchange-traded fund, or your advisor is buying TLT or LQD, a lot of these really popular exchange-traded Positions, you know, you've seen 20% variance in those positions over the last six months. Uh, to me, that's not what I want to see out of the risk reducing side of my portfolio. And I think, you know, a lot is still in question here as far as how this is going to play out over the next six months. I don't think there's really any certainty. Uh, with respect to how it finally ends
1: or at least you can't way too early to call to call a victory on that one but we 100 percent believe that the volatility in the bond market is going to be greater over the next decade than it was over the last decade all right if you want to be part of the show give us a call 877-670-7117 or you can always email us by going to our website northwestquadrantwealth.com when we come back we're going to tackle some of your email questions so stick around
0: For our e-news today, get the latest thoughts on the market every other week from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management delivered right to your inbox. The short 5 to 6 minute video helps you keep up with the market. You can always watch past videos on YouTube or on northwestquadrantwealth.com.
2: 10. KBND Bend
4: A wedding is wonderful. The planning is stressful. Make it easier when you attend the Aesthetic M.D. Cascades Wedding Show presented by Incredible Events. Saturday, January 20th from 10 a.m. until 3 p.m. The glamour, fun, and everything you need for your special day under one roof. Picture yourself walking down the aisle in style in our fashion show, showcasing the latest in bridal trends. And hey, let's dance. Learn the steps to make your first dance a cherished memory with dance lessons and demos. All attendees will be entered to win a romantic two-night stay at 5.00 Resort and with bouquet tosses and gifts throughout the event, this is a day you don't want to miss. The Aesthetic Indeed Cascades Wedding Show presented by Incredible Events January 20th at the Ripper House Convention Center. For more information, go to CascadeWeddingshow.com. Special thanks to Saxon's Fine Jewelers, Men's Warehouse, Oregon Healthcare.gov, Pacific Crest Bus Line, The Ripper House, Ryan Walker State Farm, Sitting Pretty Potties, Stoller Wine, High Desert Weddings, A Bliss CBD, The Source Weekly, and Combined Communications.
3: Save thousands. Be advised. This is a once-in-a-lifetime chance to save thousands on a hot tub and swim spa today through Sunday, Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center Redmond. Save thousands. Be advised. This is a once-in-a-lifetime chance to save thousands on a hot tub and swim spa today through Sunday, Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center Redmond. 18-month interest-free financing. Brand new 2024 inventory, ready for immediate delivery. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center Redmond. Huge factory incentives, factory rebates, this weekend only. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center Redmond. We can remove your old hot tub. Free delivery of your new hot tub. Come see the revolutionary new swim spa in action at exceptional prices. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center Redmond. Free delivery of your new hot tub. Just relax and enjoy. Today through Sunday. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center Redmond. Today, 10 a.m. to 8 p.m. Tomorrow, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m. Free parking, free admission, free delivery. Deschutes County Fair and Expo Center Redmond. Call 833-SPASIL or visit Hot Tub and Swim Spa in. Hey, there's a lot of cool
5: stuff out here.
3: Where are you?
5: In Wilson's Furniture Warehouse. There's too much stuff. One-of-a-kind, discontinued models, and old furniture friends. Looks like we need to sell our furniture and mattress floor models to make room for the new 2024 products.
4: Well, why don't we offer up the sweetest deals of the year and empty the place out? Perfect.
5: The clearance sale
4: is on at Wilson's of Redmond. Save hundreds of dollars, even thousands, on mattresses, sofas, love seats, sectionals, and recliners. Cocktail
5: tables and tables. Over 700 accessories, up to 50% off.
4: Wilson's clearance sale is on now.
5: Special financing and always free delivery. See store for details.
4: The sooner you shop, the better the selection.
5: It's on. At Wilson's
3: of Redmond. It's
4: got to go.
5: Better
3: get in. We've got
5: the furniture and mattress for you. It local since 1962.
0: Prescriptions require an online consultation with a healthcare provider who will determine if appropriate restrictions apply See website for details and important safety information. Subscription required price varies based on product and subscription plan.
3: Hey guys, did you know there's a generic form of Viagra that works just the same, but is 95% cheaper? And you can get it online? Just go to hymnscom joy. Through HIMSS, you'll get a free medical consultation, discreet shipping if prescribed, a 100% online process, and trusted generic alternatives to the name brands at up to 95% off. That's right. Get generic for Viagra, the same active ingredient as brand name Viagra, but for 95% less. It's the same medication still prescribed by a licensed medical provider, but with zero copay, no expensive appointments, and no awkward face-to-face conversations.
0: You're listening to Financial Focus Radio Show, where you get honest and actionable advice every week from the partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management. Remember, you can always listen to past shows on iTunes or find us on NorthwestQuadrantWealth.com.
1: Welcome back. Thanks for joining us on Financial Focus Radio. If you'd like to take either one of us up, either one of us up on a free retirement view, we'll give you an hour of our time to talk about anything in your financial life. So if you have at least $500,000 of investable dollars, call our office to get one of those scheduled, or you can go to our website, NorthwestQuadrantWalt.com and email us. So Charlie Munger, one of the investment giants uh, for a long, long time, just recently died last, at the end of last year, just shy, a month shy of his 100th birthday. It's sad, all these like just people, behemoths in the investment world that I've uh, worshiped for a long, long time, are all dying off, and it's it's making me sad because there's nobody to replace them. Like Josh and I, are not a, are not the replacement for Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett as much as we like to think so. Uh, I don't think so actually. But anyways, Charlie had lots of good quips, and and so did Buffett. Um, but he's, he he um, went to a business USC business school. I think he was I think he went to the University of Michigan business school, but he was at USC because he lived in LA or in Pasadena. Uh, and he said, "Here's the formula for career success." Don't sell anything you wouldn't buy yourself. That's a good one. Don't work for anyone you don't respect and admire and work only with people you enjoy and that you will have a successful career. I I, I do miss cuz Charlie Munger did not pull punches. He was uh he was a character. Uh and then I I don't know if anybody out there saw Josh and I have been talking about it but the um December retail data um, so retail sales in the United States was up 5% year over year in 2023. Um, that's really sort of on the stronger side over the last few decades. Um, the the last time we saw retail sales decline was in 2008, but the, the increase we saw last year in retail sales, I mean, during COVID, obviously retail sales ripped, but that's because everybody was getting free money from the government and stuck at home. And so they pulled up their Amazon account, but um, it's, again, it's hard for me to imagine, that the fed looks at the data we're getting especially at the consumer level remember the consumer data matters so much uh it's why the fed looks at unemployment and what they're doing from a spending standpoint and the consumer confidence numbers because 70 percent of the us economy gdp is is driven by the consumer and so the consumer is quite healthy and quite optimistic right now Uh, and so i just don't see where this restrictive policy people are talking about is Except for when you compare it to the last few years, like if, yeah, we were restrictive relative to where we were, but where we were was dangerous and irresponsible. And so, um, you know, I I feel like rates could stay exactly where they are for a long period of time. And I don't know that the U.S. economy is going to really falter. I guess time will certainly tell.
2: And I know a lot of noise has been made about credit card balances and whatever else, but consumer spending as a percentage of household net worth still on the lower side. Uh, of historical norms and not anywhere close to pre-recession levels. So That's because
1: all you wonderful baby boomers are <laughs> flush. <laughs> all right. This email uh, is directed at you, Josh, so I will let you answer it. It's from David W., who David has, I think he's in the Portland area. He's emailed us throughout the years. He says, uh, Hi, Josh. Though unlikely, it is possible for large companies to grow fast. For example, as mentioned today on your radio program, this might be helpful to know, Apple reached $1 trillion market cap in 2018, $2 trillion in August of 2020, $3 trillion in June of 2023. So maybe not a prime example that large caps won't go fast as mid or small caps. Best regards, Happy New Year, David W. So here, here's what uh, David's ta- referencing I just to, to so, our listeners understand. Um, we talk about owning small and mid cap stocks uh, because it's much easier for a billion dollar market cap company to go to two billion than for a one trillion market cap to go to two trillion. And, and David, I guess, has uh, umbrage with that. And he, he gave us some examples of Apple's market cap expanding quite a bit uh, in a relatively short period of time. Um, and so I don't know. Is, is this a question, Josh? Or? Well, no, I mean, uh,
2: David's a longtime friend of the show and I just put it in there because he's totally right. I mean, the, important to also point out that the multiple of earnings that people are willing to pay for Apple has doubled in the last decade and it's gone from a 14 P.E. that was like a market multiple to over 30. Uh, and even though, you know, earnings growth is now coming specifically only because they buy back stock actually not growing revenue on the top line and that trend can persist for a really really long time uh, also important to note that they got dethroned as the world's largest company by market capitalization this week but you know Microsoft yeah it's not you know that that's definitely true and you know the big seven are, have a earnings growth rate uh, that sort of is an outlier with respect to history at least on the big base that they have and uh, A lot of that, I think, maybe comes from a regulatory framework that would have dismantled all of these businesses a decade plus ago based on their monopoly status uh, that, you know, I would argue is pretty detrimental for the long-term health of uh, the American consumer and ultimately competition in general. Uh, But, you know, that remains to be seen. I, I also kind of balance that with thinking about how these companies are now national champions, and maybe that's why regulators haven't done what, they would have in the past is because these companies now, in aggregate, are almost as powerful as the government, or more so, uh, and they're our best representation on the world scale. I mean, you sort of get into a lot of the philosophical stuff when you talk
1: about this. President Trump called Tim Cook Tim Apple, so (laughs) you know he thinks that Tim Cook is actually Apple computer. Uh, I mean, it's true, but you know we talked
2: about mid-caps last week. Mid-caps have had had net outflows from mid-cap funds for going on uh, since 20 Thirteen, so eleven straight years, investors have pulled money
1: uh, from mid-cap funds, and guess where it's gone? It's gone into these names. And- well, here's—I think the, the dynamic at work here in the markets is uh, is a little bit unique in that there is so much dumb money being invested. And when I say what I mean by dumb money, it's money that gets allocated every single week into an index, like an S and P 500. And we are ardent advocates for indexing. And it's blind—it's <laughs> blind allocation, meaning. Um, so, so much of that, of the blind, dumb money that gets automatically invested is going into the S and P and these are the biggest constituents in the S and P. And so then they get bought up the most and it's this self-fulfilling situation. Um, and I think that's really what's happening from a dynamic standpoint in the markets. Um, here's the the reality, David. And so I disagree with what you're saying, David, I mean, as an investor, like, yes, that did happen. Um, but you know, history tells us, um, that you know, th- you know, this also happened to Sears. Uh, at one point. This also happened to IBM at one point. This also happened to Exxon Mobile. Uh, I mean, and it, it and happened, look at them as investors. As it, it happened to Microsoft. It took, it took 16 years from 2000 to 2016
2: to return to prior market cap highs.
1: And so David, you're, you're not taking into account what Josh mentioned, which is the valuation stretch that has existed. Now, And I know what you're saying. Like this did happen. But from a pure investment, like a long-term investment uh, strategy, like going along your line of thought I mean you're just going to be buying the most expensive parts of the market and adding more to those so um if you believe that S- that apple's going to beat the S&P over the next decade, I have a bridge for sale for you. Um, I mean, it's it, so, you know, you have valuations matter with higher interest rates. All of that's going to matter. What Josh said is is 100 percent right in that um, historically, the United States government would have gone after these companies because of their monopolistic power. And that doesn't happen anymore, it seems like. Uh, but, you know. It, for Apple to continue to grow you know they're not growing say it. like their not revenue is going down their stock is only just getting more expensive the reason Uh, They're doing financial manipulation. They're buying their stock back at unprecedented rates. And so that's how they can keep earnings from actually really declining. But, um, you know, it's a matter of time. Like Josh said, Microsoft went 15 years and their stock didn't go anywhere. The revenue grew, earnings grew over that period, but their stock was so expensive that it went nowhere for 15 years. I don't think that's going to happen in the small and mid-cap universe because uh, the valuation difference is so great. So I understand your point here. But from a pure investment, if you're allocating money this way, uh, it's a very dangerous thing to be doing.
2: And Apple is just one example. I mean, you know, there's a bunch of these names, obviously, the Mac 7, that are growing earnings at a double-digit clip. And you know, that's unprecedented relative
1: to the scale of the business. Uh, but you know, it's the, this is the very, very long game. All right, if you'd like to be part of the show, you have a question for us or a comment, give us a call, 877-670-7117. Or you can always email us if you go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com. You can also sign up for our e-newsletter by going to that website. Just a little box will pop up and you can add your info there and just say add me to your e-newsletter list and we'll get you added to that. When we come back, we're going to talk about dividend investing in dividend exchange traded funds. So stick around.
6: Did you know that the average public university student borrows $32,880 for their bachelor's degree? Many borrowers list student debt as the main barrier to buying a home, starting a business, or even retiring from their jobs. Are student loans keeping you from other goals? Between different payment plans, types of cancellation, and tax implications, we know that student debt can be confusing. Don't let that confusion keep you from addressing your debt. Our website offers resources including frequently asked questions, links to other sites, and tips for avoiding scams. The site is updated by the Student Loan Ombuds who also receives and attempts to resolve complaints about servicers or other issues with student loans. Take control of your financial future by addressing your student debt today. Visit the Division of Financial Regulations Student Loan Help Site at dfr.oregon.gov or call the Student Loan Ombuds at 888-877-4894. This message brought to you by the Oregon Division of Financial Regulation, the Oregon Association of Broadcasters, and this station.
5: As one of the Northwest's premier home builders, Highline Homes understands that building your custom stick-built home from the ground up on your dream property is a big deal, and you might have a lot of questions. That was certainly true for Highline Homes' customer, Jeff.
0: Yeah, well, we looked at him a few years before uh, we actually ended up building and then put off the project for a couple of years and came back to it, and the uh, same lady was working there and did a great job with us, and we were able to get the house that we wanted, and it's actually... Above and beyond what we we really wanted.
5: Highline Homes is with you every step of the way of the home building process, including all those upgrades to make your Highline house a home you'll love. Uh, You know, we did the vaulted ceiling,
0: uh, which just adds so much depth, and it feels like you're in a much bigger house.
5: And once the project's done, we always like to know what your favorite part of your Highline home is. Jeff? That it's sitting on the lake that I've been camping on for 18 years, and now I've got a house on the lake. Floor plans, virtual tours, and everything to get started at HighlineHomes.com. Oregon, CCB 181069 line homes on your lot on time. they'll Rides. Driving a big rig in winter can be tough. Breaking down in the cold is worse. If you break down in the Portland area, call Ultimate Truck Service first at exit 995 Vancouver. They'll keep any diesel truck or diesel pusher road ready air conditioning, brakes, you name it. In an emergency, Ultimate Truck Service will come to you within 25 miles or have your tow driver take you. Call or go online. Ultimate Truck Services, they keep you rolling.
0: Thank you for joining Financial Focus Radio Show. Honest, transparent analysis brought to you every week by Tyler Simonis and Josh Finelli. Call the show anytime at 877-670-7117. We'll try to answer your question on the air in the following weeks. Now, back to the team from Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management.
1: Welcome back. Thanks for joining us on Financial Focus Radio. My name is Tyler Simonis. Zach over there, he's Josh Finelli, and we are partners at Northwest Quadrant Wealth Management here in the chilly Pacific Northwest. The good news is Mount Bachelor, even though they're not going to open any of the lifts, uh, they're getting bombarded with snow. So our snowpack here in the Cascades, uh, we were, went from way behind to way ahead in a relatively short period of time, which is certainly good news uh, for the snowpack. Now we just need to get – we're going to get a bunch of calls, right, from the people that work at Mount Bachelor. I don't know. I mean, call us, I guess. I'd love to hear what the excuses. I've been there long enough. I know what it used to be like. Well, I grew up ski racing, so I started skiing when I was two, less than two years old. I skied all over the world, and I've never been to a ski skier any, anywhere in the world that has the problems that Mount Bachelor has. And last I checked, it's 2024. Like, come on. Put up a new lift. Just don't open it. <laughs> that summit lift, it's like, you, I look at that, and I'm like, hmm, maybe in March, I guess. Uh, so last year, in 2023, China's population shrank at the fastest rate in that country since 1961. Um, China, it's weird. They, their population is, you know, they had a bunch of policies, one child, all that stuff. And now they're sort of scrambling. But, um, you know, Japan has uh, problems, economic problems, uh, and will continue to have them because they have an aging population. Their immigration policy is they don't want anybody to come there. And their birth rates are really low and so economically that's bad for for an economy and uh one of the things i do agree with elon musk on is is like maybe it's why he has 17 kids or however many he has (laughs) with 17 different women but anyways uh you know immigration is is an important thing for a country uh, or having a lot of kids uh in order for an economy to continue to grow now there's a lot of people on the planet already so but china is going to be running the same problems uh that japan has if if their birth rate continues they have t- and their population continues, twenty percent of
2: their population is over sixty and uh by twenty fifty it's gonna be like close to thirty five. So you know, a population that's over sixty that's bigger than the United States. Yeah. They just big implications for wages and you know, that's what ultimately globalization how much uh, how much that's going to impact chinese manufacturing and political stability there at, you know the inevitability of them surpassing the united states is now in question remember we we have a very very entrenched competitive advantage here it's not only our political system but it's also demographics
1: well what was f- interesting and i'm going to bring it up here in a second what was interesting is they were sort of headed towards this like much more capitalistic society where they were going to let markets do their thing and they were going to allow billionaires to happen and then it just it turned on on their head and they went back to like this crazy regime that you know I mean Jack Ma's Ma disappeared and all you know and so uh it, and it proves out in in the markets like over the last decade US tech stocks as measured uh by the XLK uh, were up 510%. Chinese tech stocks over that same period, down 10, 11%. Uh, the S&P 500 over, over the last 10 years, up 207%. Chinese stocks in general, down 23%. And so, uh, you know, China, they, they were sort of headed on this path where they were m- going to be much more competitive. Uh, and and like Josh said, this inevitability of them overtaking the United States wasn't an inevitability. It was just going to happen. And then... Uh, they, put the hammer down uh and then you know they've just been a disaster from an investment standpoint uh their economy is not doing well i mean you know they publish the numbers on gdp for the chinese economy but like you know you can't trust them they just make them up and so um china has a lot of problems and um it's going to create political stability in china like we saw in the 80s and tiananmen square and all those things uh because young people aren't going to deal with it. They, they, just...
2: saved, they saved capitalism with the infusion of communism with Chinese, you know, <laughs> capitalism with Chinese characteristics, saved the inevitable decline, uh, arrested the inevitable decline in the wake of Mao, and now it's going the other way. It's really interesting to watch it happen.
1: Yeah, but I don't You think the youth in China is going to, I mean, because the world is so, like, they can see what's happening around the world, and yeah. they're going to want that, right? Uh-huh.
2: I mean, you can't participate in the real estate sector, you know, you can't buy a house, you know, so many of the things that... Uh, you're relying on as a policymaker for political stability are going by the wayside there, and, uh, and there, <laughs> you there, can definitely, definitely,
1: th- uh, you can definitely extrapolate what that's going to mean for the globe. The other thing that's g- going to happen is their intellectual capital. Their really smart people are going to want to leave because. You know they're not going to be rewarded uh living i
2: saw the insanity of yesterday is alibaba is now trading at a lower price to sales multiple than Kellogg's, the yeah, which uh, cereal crazy. company here domestically. when you think about Al- what alibaba is
1: <laughs> yeah you know, you know kellogg's is a boring i mean it's a great business but it's a boring predictable business alibaba you know is is a juggernaut it's it's just crazy okay so One of the things I thought we would talk about, and we talked about maybe a couple weeks ago, um, is dividend investing. And so if you've listened to the show for a long time, you know Josh and I don't think anybody should focus on income investing or dividend investing. That should not be a focus of your portfolio. Obviously, if you had been a dividend only investor you would have missed out on amazon uh you would have missed out on google you would have missed out on uh berkshire hathaway you would have missed out on a lot of unbelievably great businesses if you were a dividend only i mean apple pays a dividend but it's not a real big one and so you would have missed out on apple too and so um we don't think anybody should be focused on it, but one of the things that we have in our client portfolios that we think is important, I have it in my own portfolio, uh, is a dividend investment fund. Not a high dividend fund, not one that focuses on it, but one that owns companies that pay a dividend. Uh, and so, you know, we still think you should own a, a growth type uh, index fund that that owns the big uh, tech names and you want to participate in that and whatever the tech names of the future are going to be, you want to have them in your portfolio as well. Uh, But for a lot of people, uh, especially retired people, uh, people that are taking income from their portfolio, a dividend uh, ETF an uh, an ETF that focuses on dividends um, with a lot of profitability measures in there can be something that uh, can be really helpful and important. And so the way to think about it is like the one that we use is, is the Schwab Dividend. Uh, what is it called, Schwab? Schwab Dividend ETF. Schwab Dividend Equity ETF, SCHD. It holds 104 different names. And for example, the names in the portfolio, Broadcom, Mark... Uh, AbbVie, Home Depot, Amgen, Cisco, Verizon, Coke, Chevron. So they're like boring, old-line businesses that pay a dividend. The dividend yield on this is about 3.6%. And so the way that I think about it for our client portfolio, especially for our retired is that portfolios people, is that it's going to smooth out. The, the returns aren't going to be as volatile. It's going to smooth things out. The dividend helps in that volatility reducing. Um, and so you get the income from it. You get the dividends reinvested that reduced volatility, but you also have the inflation protection from owning stocks in the market, predictable, boring businesses. And if we have a higher interest rate environment going forward, these are the kind of businesses that you need to have in your portfolio uh, from an inflation protection standpoint, but, but also just the sort of stability standpoint. And most of these businesses are are very profitable businesses. They just happen to be slow growers and relatively boring businesses. But as a retiree, that's what you want. You want predictability. These 104 names in this portfolio, for the most part, are very predictable, boring businesses, which is exactly what you want.
2: And it has this sort of smart beta tilt to it where there's, a, you know, profitability screens, it has, sort of sorts for quality with relative to the broader dividend universe. That's the fine, leverage is all, always a big concern with, with respect to those high dividend paying stocks. And so
1: again, you got to do your own research on what d- dividend ETF works for you, but the one we use is the Schwab Dividend Equity, SCHD, uh, is the one that we use. <laughs> All right, if you want to sign up for our e-newsletter, Josh and I do a video in the middle and end of every month where we talk about what's going on in the capital markets and how that affects your money. To get added to our e-newsletter, list, go to our website, northwestquadrantwealth.com, and send us an email. When we come back, we're going to talk about some themes that you need to be thinking about in 2024.
0: Sign up for our e-news today.